0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode 199 of our Truth Tidbits as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. Today we are in Romans chapter 6 again, and we're going to make a little more progress today as well. And what I would like to do today is read Romans 6, beginning in verse 5, and we will go through verse 14 today. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace so i want to continue today with this understanding as paul has identified for us in chapters 1 through 5 about being justified by faith alone where a guilty sinner who repents and calls upon the name of the lord is now saved by the grace of god through having just simple faith and believing in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And so now in chapter 6, he begins to talk about what that means in terms of our daily life from now on while we are still alive on this earth until the day that we will die and go to be with the Lord. So that's what chapters 6 through 8 is all about. He's telling us who have believed in Jesus what it means to us in this life on earth. So we saw in the last episode we talked about the the new life that we can have now that he spoke about in verse 4 that we should walk in and the way we have it now is because we are now connected to a new power source. Now there may have been a better explanation or illustration I could have used perhaps, but I used one like a refrigerator, and maybe it was originally, it had been connected to a power source and now has been unplugged from that power source. Let's assume that power source is faulty. In, in using that as an illustration, obviously it would fit with what Paul is saying here, because the old power source for us was sin and the enslavement of it. It controlled us, and we had no way to get out from under its control. But if we follow this example, it's as if Jesus has now disconnected, pulled the plug on that refrigerator, and put it into a power source that is truly good, and powerful, and useful, and supplies all that is needed To care for that refrigerator and to allow that refrigerator to do what it's supposed to do and to be functioning to its full capacity. So I'm just using that as a brief example. It may not be the best one, but it's the one that I'm calling on right now and just using as an example. But what Paul is saying here is that we are no longer connected to the power source of the devil and his enslavement of sin. We are broken free of that power source and now we have been plugged in to Jesus and the Spirit of the living God which will supply us with a power called grace to live a godly life. And so now we have a brand new, stronger, perfect, pure power source that will bring us to our full potential and enable us to live this life in power and in victory and bearing fruit for Jesus Christ and for God our Father who has saved us. So in verse 12 through 14, he continues with that theme. And he tells us right off the bat, right off the bat in verse 12, therefore do not let, Sin reign in your mortal body. So now Paul's getting down into the nitty-gritty of daily life and what it means to you and I in our physical bodies, in this new person that we are, that is still living in our bodies on this planet with our families and in our jobs and workplaces and friends among friends. So that's what Paul starts to say here. And notice that right off the bat, he tells us that it's it's up to us. In other words, you and I have a choice. He's saying you and I now as Christians, as those who've been justified by faith, have now been given a choice in the matter. We don't ever have to reconnect to that old power source of sin again. We now have a choice. We can choose to never plug into that again. We can choose to not let sin reign in us. Each one of us can choose to either let sin reign in our bodies or not let sin reign in our bodies. But we get that choice. What Paul is telling us here is so that we can do what God's called us to do fulfill our days, live victoriously, and bring Him glory and honor, in the end, we need to choose to not let or allow sin to rule anymore in us. We don't ever have to go back to that old enslavement and that power source that was bringing us down before. We don't need to ever let it rule and enslave us again to obey its lust. So he tells us here not to allow it in our mortal bodies. Then he begins to talk about what we are supposed to do with our mortal bodies, what we are supposed to do. He says, don't obey in in the lust of sin Don't go back to that power source. Don't go back to that lifestyle. Don't let sin rule and reign in your body. Don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. In other words, don't allow your own body, your emotions, your spirit, your soul, your mind to go in the direction and to listen again and to follow the path again that God delivered you out of. If the Lord delivered you out of alcohol, for instance, don't touch it again. You don't have to. You do not have to ever be ruled by that again. But part of the wisdom of living in a victorious life for you would be that you don't go to that section in the grocery store. You don't go by the bar anymore. You don't toy with it. You don't have it in your house. If friends, if you go to friends and, and they're drinking, you pass it off. I mean, you say no thank you and you get a, a Coke or a soda or whatever. We've got to learn to respond in wise ways that will help us to stay plugged in to the right power source and to never reconnect to the wrong one. And that's the point he's saying here. Instead of trying to let sin rule and reign in your body, again you have a choice. You don't have to. And instead of that, you can present your bodies, your whole self, your whole person to God instead. He says to present our members to God, to proffer our bodies, devote devote them, to place ourselves at the ready. And he says don't proffer yourself, don't devote yourself, don't submit or subject yourself to sin because it once enslaved you, but rather present yourself, proffer yourself, including your body and all of you, the whole person, to God. Stay plugged in to the new power source, the living one, the one that has saved you and that's good for you. So he talks about our members here, and that Greek word is talking about our physical bodies. It's talking about our limbs or the parts of our body. It speaks of our physical bodies here and in other places where it's used in Scripture. For instance, let's read Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, and we'll speak more about this later on. But he says in chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 of Romans, So here Paul is talking about presenting our bodies, the whole of us, our mind, our physical bodies, everything concerning us to God. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 and verse 15 are the two places I'll read. He says this in verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So he's talked about some of the old ways, some of the old power source enslavement things that they were involved in. And he says, you're no longer like that. Now you've been washed. Now you've been justified. So then he goes down to verse 15 and he says this, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? In other words, should I go now and do things with my body that are abominable and that are sinful to the Lord? No, because now even my body belongs to the Lord. That's what he's saying there. Then if we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 deals with the varying gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And I want to read verse 7 to begin with. It says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then if we jump down to verse 12 through 14, he says this, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So if we just think about it in the natural, our physical bodies, we have eyes, we have ears, we have arms, We have legs, we have a head, we have a nose, we have a heart, we have lungs, we have all kinds of various parts that make up the one body that houses us. And that's what he's saying here. There are many different members in the body of Christ and there are many varying gifts that the Holy Spirit distributes to each one but it's all so that we can profit as one body so that the whole of the body of Christ can be edified and God can be glorified. So Paul tells us that there are different parts of the one body, but we are all one in Jesus Christ. In the book of James, James spends a good bit of time particularly on one member that he pulls out and discusses. And I want to read in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So here James is referring specifically to one particular member of the body, But we have seen through all of these scriptures that when the Bible is talking about the members here, it means our physical bodies and the various elements of our natural physical bodies. So we are to take not just our spirit and our soul, our minds, etc., but also our bodies and present them to the Lord. There should be holy living in the way that we live with our bodies, So, for instance, let's consider a few elements of our natural bodies. Let's look at our eyes, focusing on what we see, what we watch. The eyes and the ears are two of the primary gateways into your soul, into who you are and what you think about. So, we need to recognize that and be aware of surroundings, be aware of what's going into Our eyes, what are we watching, what are we looking at? There's things that our eyes need to no longer participate in. There's things that our eyes need to be looking at now. Maybe it's more of the word of God. Maybe it's good, godly, uplifting Christian movies as opposed to some of the things we've watched before. So the presenting of our bodies, our eyes to the Lord is devoting our eyes and what we will and will not look at, what we will let in as whatever he deems right for us, what he wants for us. It speaks also of being aware of God's call and God's direction. What roads should we see and take and follow after versus what we should not? let's consider the ears. What we listen to, another gateway. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 brings to us one thing that we need to probably listen to a whole lot more. It talks about how that our faith is increased by hearing the word of God. With our ears, we can also worship God and hear that worship, those praises to God coming from our deep in our spirits. It speaks of also in the scriptures about having an open ear, hearing what God has to say, hearing through an open ear the spirit of the Lord when he leads us and he will say to us, this is the way walk ye in it. The spirit of God will lead us When we are in right standing with God and we are seeking him, he will direct our paths. It speaks of having an open ear to also hear of his correction and his conviction when we mess up. How many times I cannot tell you that I so appreciate the fact that God will correct us and convict us when we need it. And we need to have an open ear to hear that and then to respond humbly and to call upon him, confessing our sin like First John 1, 9 tells us to do. And he will forgive us again afresh and anew. We need to have an open ear always to the word of God and to the spirit of God. What about our mouth and our tongue, our speech? We just saw some warnings from James about the tongue. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 tells us this: Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So in other words, so in other words, that's just one scripture in the New Testament that gives us guidance on presenting our speech, our tongue, what we talk about, the words we use. The old power source may have given our mouths full of, made our mouths full of curse words and cursing and and negative things and all of that. And maybe now we need to recognize that we're connected to a new power source and all of our words need to be seasoned with grace there, there's another scripture that talks about that. They need to be wholesome words. They need to be words that will build people up and edify. They need to be words that will speak truth in love. Proverbs twenty five eleven is another place that speaks about speech. It says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Verse 12, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. So there again, it's talking about having words that are fitly spoken or that are in their due season, words that would come through the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding to a person to share with someone else that will then build them up, that will encourage them, that will even correct them if needed. That might be that rebuker to an open ear that Proverbs was speaking about. But our words and our speech needs to be led of the Spirit of God and good and wholesome things. What about our hands and our feet? We need to proffer those. We need to offer those to the Lord. We need to devote our hands and our feet to the Lord to serve him, to go and to do what he has called us to do, to go to the right places and not to the wrong places, to do the right things and not participate in the wrong things anymore. What about our mind? Also, we present and offer our mind to the Lord, devote it to the Lord to think on his word and good things, like Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 tells us, And it might be that you may want to memorize some of those scriptures. What about our heart? And I don't mean the physical beating heart, but I mean that the thing inside that is the seat of our emotions, our affections, our passions, our love. I want to read to you Colossians chapter 3, and I want to read the first few verses to you. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, this is talking about our mind, our affections, our passions, our emotions, those things that we want to set our mind upon, set our heart upon. Presenting and offering those to the Lord and setting them on God. And then I want to draw to a close with this final few scriptures here also found in Colossians chapter three. I want to read verse 17 and then verse 23 and 24. Verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, through him. Verse 23 and 24, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul is telling us here that whatever God has called us to do, whatever we can do in our physical bodies, offer it to the Lord as members of righteousness to do right things, to bring him honor, to serve him, doing it and offering it and devoting it as to the Lord and not to anyone, not to anything else, but only to him, whatever it is. And back in Romans chapter 6, this final passage for today or this final verse for today. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace. The reason, the grounds for it and the basis for why we can choose to do this, why we now can present our bodies and ourselves as members of righteousness devoted to God for his purposes. The reason we can do that, the reason we don't ever have to plug back in to that old power source of sin and give it dominion over us is because we are no longer under the influence and the control of the law of sin, of the law even of religiosity or tradition of men. We are no longer under the influence or control of sin. But now, we are completely under the influence and the power of the new power source when we are plugged into that. And that is grace. And if you will remember in a few episodes ago, we looked at grace, what it is and what it's not. We talked about how it's a teaching grace for this life. We saw that in Titus 2. We saw that it was an empowering grace. It's an enabling grace And it's a sustaining grace. The grace of God is beautiful. And we are no longer under the law and no longer under sin. But now we are under the influence of God's beautiful, true grace. All the power we need is found in the Holy Spirit's grace. Praise be to God. Let's live for God Let's present ourselves unto him on an ongoing, regular basis every day. And let's stay plugged in to the right power source and never again let the old one have any place in us again. Let's stay plugged in to the power source of the Holy Spirit's grace working in us. Hallelujah. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.